Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 61. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for tuning in today. Man, oh man, has it been beautiful in Toronto lately. It's just sunny and hot, maybe to some a little too hot, but I refused to complain about the heat after the long, disgusting winter we had. I was saying to people yesterday that, you know, this summer, especially because of that winter we had, I just can't bear to be inside. I feel like I'm wasting the day when I'm not out when the sun's out. Um, so even even during even during work, I'm I'm pretty lucky that I can bring a lot of my work with me. So I can either work on the balcony at my place, or sometimes I go over to my parents' house and work in the backyard, and it's it's perfect. More of the story being in enjoy summer while it's here. <laughs> if you live in California and have 365 days of summer, don't take it for granted because you could live here. <laughs> uh, it's probably probably one of the main reasons why Kawhi made the move back. He endured for sure endured one of the worst winters here in Toronto. Anyways, thank you, Kawhi Leonard. We will always love you here in Toronto. Moving on to today's episode, episode 61 of the Adamantium Podcast. We have a very cool Toronto band right here on the show. We've got Sebastian Danzig representing the boys from Palais Royale. If you haven't heard of Palais Royale, they're incredible, incredible, and very unique band. Uh, I think they're going to be huge one day. Uh, they're three brothers from here in Toronto, young guys, still so much ahead of them, and they are just so unique. They've got like a hard rock sound, but they, they're more like an art rock, fashion rock kind of band. They always dress in vintage clothing, and they've kind of got alternate personalities. One represents like a pirate, one's a vampire, and one's the gentleman. So Sebastian is the gentleman. He is the guitarist for Palais Royale, and he's also the oldest brother, and I think uh, most likely the spokesperson for the band. Palais Royale just released their second full-length album. It's called Boom Boom Room Side B, which is obviously uh, a follow-up to Boom Room Boom 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 Room Side A. And I met with Sebastian before their their set at the Danforth Music Hall. They were opening for Hailstorm. Man, what an awesome show! And we had just a great chat, very honest chat. And um, I hope I uh, hope to have them on again next time they're in town. So, before I introduce you to Sebastian, let's do the Adamantium Recommend section. So, five songs by Palais Royale recommended to you by the Adamantium Podcast. So, we'll start with the first album, Boom Boom Room Side A. I'm going to pick two songs from that album. Maybe my favorite song by Palais Royale is a song called Mr. Doctor Man. Uh, It's so awesome. And the second song I'm going to recommend is called Ma Cherie. And then from the newest album, I'm going to pick three songs. The first one is their first single from the album. It's called You'll Be Fine. The second song is called Dying in a Hot Tub. And the last song I'm going to recommend is called Teenage Heartbreak Queen. So that's that. A little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to the Adamantium Podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, anywhere that you find your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find The Adamantium on Instagram, at The Adamantium, on Facebook, at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter, at Adam R. Harrison. And that is that. So here we go. Episode number 61 featuring Sebastian Danzig of Palais Royale right here on The Adamantium Podcast. Have a listen and then go outside and enjoy the sunshine, everyone. Have a great week. (laughs) 
equipment. Well, we're here with Sebastian yeah. from Palais Royal. Thank you very yeah, much for, for joining me yeah, on the show. And uh, yeah, congrats on, on everything that's been going on recently, man. The yeah. second second album. It's been good. Yeah, the tour. Yeah. Your own tour coming, your headlining tour coming up. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners um, who maybe haven't heard it yet, can you explain to them maybe the concept behind the Boom Boom Room? and? Um, and yeah, Boom Room Saturday and Side B were supposed to like initially be a two-part album that came out together. Yeah. Didn't fucking happen that way. Okay. So we split it amongst, uh, I think it was, one came out in 2016, one in 2018. But it was kind of worked out perfectly that way because we started out being a one of five. Okay. And we were like opening up shows, having like a fan in each city. And we started growing and growing and growing. And like now it's like we do respectively like 1,000 to 1,500 people in North America by ourselves. And yeah. that was just because we haven't stopped touring. But mm-hmm. having that cycle of music that kind of was cohesive, you didn't lose fans. Like as most bands do on software albums, they'll put out something that sounds completely left field. And so I think it's really nice to have something that's like in the same ballpark so the fans we just got kind of still go on that journey with you. So yeah. our third album is going to be a little bit more different but at least now we have built an audience to be able mm-hmm. to have that respect to try to do that. So, and like a very, yeah. very loyal fan base. Right. The only like, reason we can tell people to fuck off is solely because our fans. You know, yeah. Which is nice. We can walk into like meetings with record labels and all this stuff and we can just say this is who we are. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. The fans yeah. are still going to show up. And it's been like a huge a huge thing for us as a band to be able because we're very vocal in the sense of what we want. Mm-hmm. We're very driven to what we want. So yeah. it's been really nice to have it that way. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what what like what um what made you feel that the Boom Boom Room had to be a two parter? Um we just you know, the first album is always like a collection of all of your music you've wrote since start making music yeah. yeah so it's ideas before we really witnessed life because okay. we were, when we recorded the first album I believe we were 21 I was 21 Emerson was 17 Emerson was 19 yeah and we went in with James D. Hoff and the Smashing Pumpkins for part one and it was great but we've also like those songs were wrote off of ideologies that we've only experienced from looking at like documentaries from bands and right. like, you know films and literature and things that we were able to study because we didn't really live life yet you know, yeah, yeah. Kid, you know how do you how do you expect we were I just started really drinking and going out and stuff so now the and the second side, it was funny because everyone thought that was the second album we wrote it while we were on tour, but it was actually wrote before we even got a record. Deal. Right. So like these ideas were created pre us touring and seeing the world. So it's so, gonna be pretty exciting for you guys on the third record. The next now. one's like it's we're so honest and genuine, and we're not beating around the bush. We're saying very straightforward things mm-hmm. of what we want to say, and without like because we've experienced it you know yeah, I yeah. slept in a car for two and a half years <laughs> traveling across like I drove 150,000 miles in North America by yeah. myself like getting from show to show to show be my own roadie now we're on a bus we're doing like cool things we're traveling across the world we're playing in London like sold out shows like you go to Amsterdam and Paris you're like yeah. life has become so cool you know yeah. like it's the beginning stages were so difficult because you didn't really know what you were doing. Yeah. You didn't have anyone that liked you, you know, and right. each show, it's still, you know, like opening for Hailstorm, there's a handful of people in the room that doesn't even know who we are, so right. it's kind of nice you got to go back to your roots in that sense, because yeah. we would go out there and the shows You need were to just, sell yourself again yeah, a little bit. the shows yeah. were just chaotic, like Remington yeah. would be fucking climbing on everything and jumping off of everything, and that would slowly start getting people's appeal and attention and the yeah. way we dress. And, 
and then uh, like it's funny to go back and now we've done a, our headline shows for so long to support you're like oh fuck this is kind of interesting to go yeah. back to what we that's what I hear a lot of people actually like uh, like festival gigs because yeah. it's that opportunity now to, to, to win over yeah. new fans yeah. yeah once once you have a sold out room of course you have to put the same effort to keep those fans yeah but the pressure isn't as hot because right. you're able to enjoy yourself yeah you know you're not walking to a room with people already fucking despise you right or, yeah. or, or they're neutral and you have to win them over yeah you know? so these no one really ever is supportive of nobody man yeah like that's yeah so it's cool that is cool one one song that that i thought was very interesting or peculiar that stood out to me was the song dying in a hot tub yeah and uh, I was kind of curious like, what, what you guys were feeling funny, during funny that. Funny enough, that was the only song on side B besides You'll Be Fine that made the record that was wrote. It was the boom, You'll Be Fine, and Dying a Hot Tub were the only three songs that weren't wrote before we were signed. So okay. the, that was more on a personal touch of like, where we were heading. And Dying a Hot Tub is about one of our best friends. Like He used to shoot all our music videos for like, Get Higher and Morning Light, like yeah. Don't Feel Quite Right. And he's like, dear friend, but, you know, as L.A. fucking takes everyone, you know, you're, you're a fucking drug addict overnight. And yeah. It's, it's, like, so true because it was like we lost him as a human being. Yeah. You know? And so it's kind of sad. We're still friends with him, but it's, like, it's not, you can tell him, hey, man, you got to slow down. He doesn't even know the song. Like, he knows the songs about him, but yeah. he doesn't even listen to the lyrics. Okay. And I'm like, it's one of those things that are like, oh, that's great. Cool. I got a song about him. Yeah. Dude, it's like, listen, yeah. it's like real shit. Like, you're yeah. fucking up your life, you know? So, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, it's like more sincere and honest. Yeah, and does does he still come out to the show? Do you still, you guys no, still? No, he doesn't. Like, my really? brother's Remus and live with him, and it's just so funny because it's like, you, you, you can paint the picture for someone, but they don't. They, they can't see it themselves. Yeah, yeah it's so, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's got yeah. some of those in their life. Exactly. Yeah. When you guys write songs, do you guys write all together, or do you yeah. kind of each bring things together? So the first Saturday Inside B was me and Emerson and, and Remington literally sitting in our basement just fucking playing music, and that's how we wrote the songs. And they were just jams that were constructed, like like how do you do is like the most obscure structure of a song, and like we were we didn't really care about structures and things. It was like let's just play and how we feel. Yeah. These are like. You would love the Stooges and Velvet Underground, and you would right, know that right. they don't follow a formula. So, yeah. um, but now it's like we're on the road so much. We write in soundtrack a lot, so we're always together. Okay. And it's been nice. Like our new bass player has been like a huge. He's been with us for two years, but now we finally have someone playing bass. It's not just guitar, drums, and vocals writing music. Right. We have someone holding down the low end. And yeah. It's been like the songs are getting heavier. The songs are getting more dynamic because. We all have different. We have like a different, a fourth person, basically. Yeah. So, which is nice because you you can all be looking in the same circle for too long, and then someone shines the light yeah. for one time. Yeah. he's not related to you guys, no, is he? No, so it's kind yeah, of it's, it's a little really bit of a different nice. outlook on. And yeah. our new guitar player, even he's been with us for twelve shows, and it's like this new passion of happiness, and like we're inspired to fucking play the same songs again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, dude, that song's so fucking good. We gotta play it tonight. And we're like, but we played it many times. He's like, yeah, but. It, fucking great play you know it's, yeah. it's nice to have someone like shining the light that you've like completely lost right so. right yeah. awesome awesome I just um, I actually just checked out the video for You'll Be Fine yeah. I just hadn't seen it yet yeah. I just watched it and it's really really cool I love yeah. like the, the art style yeah. he's using it it feels very like it's, Tim Burton-esque it's, 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 yeah. it's the only thing about making music videos with the people that we work with it's like 
They're like, oh, you're leaving for tour, tour tomorrow. Like, we have to make music video. I was like, yeah, I was home for like two weeks. Yeah. Why are we making it five minutes before I get on the bus? Like, oh, legit, yeah. the bus was sitting outside the venue when we shot for Dying in a Hot Tub. They're like, you guys really have to go on tour. And then we flew back, finished the second half. Yeah, of it, yeah. Got on a plane, went to Australia. And I'm like, we had like a weekend to do this. We could have done yeah. this. And they're like, well, you know, you could do it now. And I'm like, what? In between sleep? You yeah. Know? So. It's funny well, you guys got it pulled it together anyways yeah. we, <laughs> <laughs> um, we had mentioned we touched on it already a little bit with the um, the connection you guys have with your your fan yeah. base and um, sorry they're called the, the soldiers of the royal, royal council, council. Yeah. that's it um, and I was watching a bit of the royal television yeah and the the royal television I mean that that pretty much is like cameras on you guys like 24-7 yeah. yeah and um, was that something you guys always wanted to do or kind of came along once this so fan base really grew when we started Palais we always would document everything and mm-hmm. we, I, I would be the one editing all the episodes and putting it out but obviously there wasn't enough of an audience to continue doing it right once we were on tour like there's too much shit that happens all the time and yeah. people like think like it's you know, oh well, they're on stage. They could do that. It's like no, we still get fucked up once in a while, and we we should, we we've definitely shown enough of that. Yeah, and we're like we. It kind of got to the point because we had this guy come out. And he did a great job with it, but I think the second season you were seeing everything. Yeah, and we're like fuck. We gotta reel this back because it's like you lose mystique of anything. Right, and then things get taken out of context, like. I said something that got me in trouble for so long, and I'm like, it was nothing like an offense to anything, or even right. like that would even cross your mind to be. But you end up hurting yourself more by giving too by much. By giving too much, and yeah. because people look too, especially in the generation we live in now, like they magnify glass everything. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you you can say one word and they'll chop they'll that up, pick and throw out that one, like, throw out everything, you yeah. And you're just like, well, I didn't say any of that, you know, or yeah. I didn't mean that, and but. You know, people were able to represent themselves. So it sucks. Something that was supposed to be so honest and pure, people that want to see you fall versus yeah, rising right, are just like, we're going to fucking pinpoint them because they're doing well now. You know? yeah, but yeah. when we were, we were showing the same shit like years ago, like, you know, throwing over trash cans, letting off fireworks, like doing stupid shit. Yeah. And they'd be like, now we're in trouble for it. You yeah. know? And I'm like, this isn't fucking, you're all doing the same shit. You're it's all like hypocritical. Yeah. yeah, of course. So. I mean, it's the it's world. The world we live in, unfortunately, right now, or the, the time we live in right now. Yeah. But do uh, you think you guys will? You think that is something you keep keep doing? Um, so we finished up our European tour in February, and that was like the conclusion of that, uh, of showing that. But it was cool because we. It's nice for me, like in a weird way, I get to look back on my life. Right. And I sometimes get so like in my headspace of walking to a venue every day. And, I walk into like here, we you know we did the opera house. And I walked to it was my mom's birthday, and it was like a cool moment. We sold out the opera house. It was yeah. awesome. And then I go play a major room, and I'm like, oh fuck it. They're like, people have to reassure you that you're doing something good with your life. Right. I think that's the hardest thing. It's like not staying discouraged. Yeah. Because that's the problem. So when I watch that, I see the growth of us loading our gear out of a fucking van or sleeping in the back of our mom's car. Yeah. And then seeing like, oh, I have a tour manager grabbing all my shit for me now. Yeah. Like, Keeps you a little modest. I'm like, oh, I did that in three years. Like, yeah. that's really cool. Like, and then you, then you kind of get excited about life again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, it's hard because you're in such close encounters and you don't, you don't ever take a step back and look what you've done. You're always looking to In the moment, yeah, of course. It, I wish I could live in the moment 
And I think that's the hardest thing. I don't live in the moment anymore. Like, mm. I'm planning already 2020. Yeah. And it's like... I think that's a part that. of the industry you're in is, right? When, especially yeah. when you've got a label and stuff. Yeah. They're always looking at what's next. And and that's that's I wish that was... If there was someone else doing that work, I think yes, I would be able to okay. enjoy this. But I think I'm at the point no one's looking yeah. to the future besides me, Robinson, and Emerson. Right. So we're the ones like, okay, well, we need to put out new music. And they're like, oh, cool. And I'm just like, fuck it. We're going to record 30 songs by ourselves. Like, right. And we just pay for it ourselves. We go out and do this. You, know, you get some support here and there, but you, the ball is still in my court to make things happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's, it's it's a good way to be as an artist, but at the same time, at once, one moment, I just wish I could be the artist. Right. And not be the businessman 99% of the time. Yeah. It is a fucking business. But I wish the people I hire to be in my business would help steer the business versus me being like, I, I have to manage everything. You know, yeah. like I need to be hiring the fucking drivers to get our to the next city. Right. Know? So it's kind of difficult. It's juggling all the tasks. And, and then you're like, oh, I got to fucking play a show. Yeah. You know, I have to write a Is album. It, does it make it simpler when it's a, a tour like this one where you're playing um, with another band or I really enjoy I enjoy the headline thing because I, it's my well, of course you know, but I think the support but I, tours, I mean the planning part of it the at planning least planning part I've always been good at that so okay. that's been fine like putting together finding the musicians finding literally like down to the fucking outfits the guys are gonna wear on stage yeah. because it's not you know to me Rems Emerson it's always been so like oh yeah the, the makes sense it's all fucking looking unison on stage like, yeah but then people show up and like you know they're wearing a fucking like sweatshirt on stage i'm like you can't i'm wearing a fucking suit like yeah. put something on so it's been nice having our new guitar player out with us he's like sharp dressed as well so he's just okay. like he he's in that he mode. so when you have someone already on your same team everyone else kind of follows suit follows that on, the yeah. higher guy is like doing more than most people so yeah. it's nice to see that people like your weakest link is actually how strong okay. the band is and it's like a fucking sports team so yeah. <laughs> realizing that your crew like you know we've had some really nice people but they fucking suck at their job you know <laughs> and you're like just fucking do your job and it's something that's so easy for any human being or what we think is not common knowledge for right. most people so yeah. It's, you know, but I heard it best, like we had this bus driver in Europe, and he's like, the White Stripes, when they were doing their first album cycle, they were playing only 500 caps, but they made every one of their whole entire crew show up in a uh, tie-in suit. Right. Every, if you're the fucking roadie, you're wearing a suit. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I kind of like that because it gets structure to it. Too, yeah. No free-for-all, you can't fucking wake up when you want to. This is a job. I'm yeah. paying you to be here, you know? Yeah. We just travel together, you wow. know? And so, are you able to pick up, you know, on these support tours, are you able to pick up things from bands like Hailstorm yeah. and stuff that help on your own tour? For an example of, like, the... So, Steve is their security guy. He was the security guy for Stone Sour. And we were okay. always... We went out with Stone Sour, and we that was the first camp that ever treated us with respect. And we asked Corey, we're like, every fucking band we tour with, like, gives a shit, says we're doing something wrong. He's like, they used to tour with shitty fucking bands. Like, and I'm like... <laughs> Okay, cool. I can I can I can say with that. He's like, you, you haven't toured with a real rock band, and he's like, I'm happy that we were the first real rock band yeah. to bring you out. You know, because they're so fucking good. But the crew is so calm. Yeah. There's no yelling. There's no fucking. Everyone knows their role. Their role. And, and Hailstorm's like crew is the same, same way. way. Okay. It's like everyone wakes up in the morning and knows exactly what shoe they have to put on to fucking okay. do. And if someone's falling, like they're they know they have to cap. You know, to make Someone sure the band yeah. is enjoying their show. Yeah. You know, if the band's frustrated about something so small how do you enjoy it right so. and i mean bands like hailstorm or stone yeah. sour i mean they've been they've, they've been, been you yeah, at some exactly. point you know what i mean they've been through yeah. it all so they yeah. know exactly and it's your team is 
what makes yeah. it run. You yeah. Know? And every, even down to your bus driver, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, he's as important as everyone else because if he doesn't fucking do his job properly, you're going to be off the road yeah. or not get to the gig, you yeah. know? So it, it, it's cool to see, but it's a, it takes a fucking bunch of people to make a village work, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, people don't realize all the. Yeah. The grunt work that goes behind, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think it's a glorious life, and yeah. <laughs> no, it, it can be. It can't, right? Yeah. Of course, it's yeah. both. There's yeah. both sides of it. Um, now that you guys are playing bigger and bigger yeah. rooms, do you have do you have that like dream list of places you want to check off? Um, venues you want to check which off? Which has been really nice. Like, so Palerau in Toronto is actually where we got the name from. Is that where? Our yes, so I was going to ask have, yeah. you, have you guys actually so have you played there. We want to do a live record from Palerau, and then perfect. But we wanted then it extend that live record to the Palais Royale in Paris as well. Okay. So that's going to be a lot harder. We're going to have to be like five times the size of a band right now to do that. But we, the people of the Palais Royale actually like hit us up. We went there actually it was so funny. We played Sneaky D's two years ago playing like 200 people and yeah. our first headline show ever in Toronto. We're like, it's fucking awesome. And then yeah. we went from that to Mod Club and then to uh, Opera House. Yeah. But then they hit us up like a week ago and they're like, we would love to do like on your uh, grandparents' like anniversary like a show here. I'm like, that'd be so sick. Like, yeah. let's film the whole thing. And, like, it's cool that they're down. They're like, we don't do shows how, anymore. How big, how many fit it's, in It's only like 1,500. It's so still it's, perfect. It would be perfect, perfect for a live, you know, Exactly. A live DVD. Like, yeah concert footage stuff and like kind of tell the whole story and I'm really excited about that but also like doing Palais Royale in Paris is like would be like fucking ideal because no yeah. one can fucking walk on that right. you know what I mean so, yeah but yeah that's kind of that's like uh, but it's like you see fucking Pink Floyd they were doing they played in Venice like on right. the fucking water and you're like that is yeah. the coolest shit or ever or like where you two in Ex- Slain Castle exactly. or whatever it's like exactly. you're in a castle exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Oasis did that with like 200,000 people at a castle and they're like this is yeah. our castle we're gonna fucking put a show on yeah it's, it's it's when you get to those heights you can anything's possible you can, when you can do, yeah, yeah well that's it when you can yeah. pitch whatever you want exactly that's when you're like people don't look you fucking crazy right we right. were two years ago when we played Sneaky D's we went to Power Off for the first time and we were in our we were in our fucking van and we pull up and we're like our band's called Power Off and they're like cool. that's cool <laughs> here's the card and the guy came out and he's like what's going on and we told him the story he's like oh that's really cool and they like stayed in yeah. touch and then like now he's like I would love to do this now so yeah. it's like we finally made it to the point that it, they were like yeah let's fucking do it yeah know? so yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it's the same as anything once you build a name for yourself I mean Absolutely. comparatively when I started this show yeah. couldn't get anybody yeah, exactly. you know? like, exactly. and I even had journalism experience but until people don't want no. to see you until they can you can show them something exactly. you can't show them something exactly. until someone takes a chance right exactly. so exactly um, yeah you guys you mentioned it as well you guys are well known for your your fashion sense yeah. and stuff what what would be Poway Royales or Sebastian's yeah. uh, t- guide to vintage clothing um, <laughs> we used to always luckily we lived in we, it was so weird we lived like right on the cusp of like Beverly Hills and Century uh, Century City in Los mm-hmm. Angeles so everyone's like you guys are so fucking like, rich kids living in Beverly Hills I'm like no we just like found a really cool place that was like yeah. super inexpensive and where these kids like walking around and people have the Rolls Royces and everything but all the bars around that area that we would go to couldn't fucking pay for a drink but there was these old ladies like oh you guys are so cool like I had this vintage coat and we would actually like go to these people's houses and they'd give us their fucking wardrobe really but now it's like we don't do that anymore no but, yeah yeah that, but we found these companies in like London like 
it's cool when you find really cool companies that are doing like make a custom. They're for doing. You. They're not even custom, but like this isn't even a custom suit, and it just they it just, just put it on and it worked. And yeah, and they just give us stuff because they they're like just it's you know, advertising yeah. for them. And, and it's yeah. that's the coolest shit. Like I'm like I can literally go into like. And they've all these designers are becoming like really good of my friends, and yeah. they're just like, oh, I was designing this with you guys in mind. Here's some new suits for the tour. Yeah. So it's like really sick that we're like at that yeah, point yeah. that I get free clothing, and I'm like, fuck. Yes. Yeah. Now most people like get all the free shit, and they're like, oh yeah, I get free shit. And I'm like, yeah, but like if you get with someone you're passionate about as well, it works beneficial for both. Okay. Yeah, so. so if Palais Royale were to take over the Adamantium podcast for a day. What would I need to wear? Ah. <laughs> we'd get you in a nice fur coat. Okay. <laughs> Emerson would probably get you in like, he has these winkle, they're called winkle pickers. They're okay. like these like old vintage like 1920s shoes. Uh, yeah, you got a scarf on, so. You had yeah. a scarf, you know, that's a new addition, right? So it's it's a, yeah. I know, like, you got, you got, you got double the amount of arm accessories <laughs> no, I, I do, but no, no, everything cooler fucking ones. rips off. Yeah. <laughs> I had my dog on tour, and she's just, like, loving tour, but yeah. also we get so much free shit, like, that she loves to chew on. From all the stuff, and I'm like, you can't fucking eat yeah. this. Yeah. I have, like, another set of arm, but they've got, like, they're, like, String is how you tighten oh, them. So cool. at the end, there's just like so much yeah, dangling it's string that I'm like, you have to cut I was like, them if I, yeah, I was I don't know yeah. how you actually play with it. I, on, I had it on my left hand for the longest time as I'm lefty, but it would yeah. always get caught in the string. The strings, so like, yeah, can't do, can't do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so when you guys, I mean, you guys are from here. When yeah. you come back here, what are some of the spots that you have to hit up? Or um, like, or honest, if you have time, honestly, <laughs> like I, I haven't seen Toronto besides the venue for like the past two years. Yeah, I mean, so it's like I. My brothers, they were born in Las Vegas, so like when I always come back here, I'm like really excited all the time. It's like when it's, I feel more at home here than I do going back to Vegas right. or something. And because I grew up in Vegas, but I don't know, there's something nostalgic about it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I was really looking forward to this year, like Toronto Maple Leafs, like actually making it to the playoffs. Yeah, the Raptors. Yesterday was like super epic. I don't really? know if you saw I didn't it. Watch it. Yeah, Kawhi hit like a game-winning shot in at buzzer beater. Pretty much. Was it game seven or something? Game seven, like buzzer beater. That's it's so like cool. it's being compared to like the shot Vince Carter didn't make in two thousand and one. Fucking that's cool. It was pretty. cool. No, yeah, we we showed up and um on Twitter I was like fucking tweeting the Maple Leafs or whatever and I was like oh my god it was like game 6 that they lost or game 7 I they, they lost one. both of those yeah <laughs> no, I know they lost them but was it game 6 or they game 7 they lost 6 and 7 7 that's yeah. right that's what it was but I, they were like our the cool thing like the connection of that is my um, my dad's sisters my married this guy and his uncle that's the case of my uncle and that's it's a Brent Imlach and his dad's Punch Imlach on the Stanley Cup back in the 60s yeah yeah so I was like telling this story on fucking Twitter like we'll get you guys tickets I'm like make it to the fucking thing and now yeah, I'm here yeah. and <laughs> no, there's no, no fucking no, game to go to you know yeah so mad I was like the only teams I cared about was them in Vegas and I'm like nope both of them yeah. <laughs> done yeah well you had Vegas last year at least I, know, which yeah. was, I mean that was like a fairy tale story I know it could have been, been the best story ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. we're gonna be a franchise. Now we're gonna fucking win the win, win everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. One last quick uh, question to wrap things up. Yeah. Just uh, what's your couple of your favorite songs to play live at the moment? Um, I, I love playing. We have this song called Masochist, brand new song. We've been okay. Playing it for like a year, but it's it's just it's cool to like see people react to a song they don't know, and you're like, oh, people are moving already to a song they don't know. That's mm-hmm. a good sign. And then you have the song Fuck with My Head. That's really cool, and uh, I love playing Dying Hot Tub. Okay. But Hailstorm's crowd fucking love Get Higher. So like, our oh really? First track, okay. We play Get Higher, and we're like, we should fucking play this five times throughout yeah, the set yeah. because it's like every single time everyone's like, yeah. It's just yeah. 
the amount of times I see this in the fucking yeah. show, it's hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing. I haven't seen you guys live before, so oh, I'm shit. looking forward cool. to tonight. Awesome. And uh, thank you very much yeah. for doing this. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Adamantium. Adamantium.